Hello and welcome to Conscious Growth. My name is Tom Smith. And I'm Janine Bonetta. Thank you for joining us for our seventh podcast. Today we're going to be talking about changing roles. Changing roles can be lots of uh, different situations. It could be being promoted both uh, internally um, and it could be because you're being approached. It could be uh, restructured. Um, you could be uh, promoted from a restructured or just changing a role from a restructure. You could be standing in for a maternity or a sabbatical. So it could be a lateral opportunity um, or you could just want to change. And, and that change could be coming from an external organization um, into a business or um, it could be moving uh, from roles internally. Tom, let's talk about some of the pitfalls that can happen when people change roles. Yeah, some of the questions I get asked a lot and the ones that seem to be most tricky is when people who get promoted internally from within the group. And by that, I mean, they've worked with their team as a peer, they've applied for a role as have their colleagues and they've gotten the role as a people manager. Mm. And they find it really challenging then to work out how to manage the relationship now that they are in this role as a manager slash leader of the group, as opposed to a peer. And one of the things I find is that they try and continue on the same type of relationship. So they still go for the breaks if, when we did have breaks and obviously we're in the, the pandemic time still, but they still have those same types of conversations. And unfortunately, because they're in that position, you do get access to different types of information that is not privy to that needs to be shared because it's confidential and it can be like salaries. It can be confidential one-to-ones. Mm. And one of the pitfalls I find people do is they shy away from having any conversation because they're afraid of, of breaking the status quo of having the strong relationship. And I think really sitting down with your team, particularly if you have friends in the team, or if you have colleagues who went for the same role that you did and feel that maybe for whatever reason, they think they should have gotten the role instead of you, mm -hmm. is to really sit down and have those conversations with them. Like one of the mistakes I find is that they, they avoid those conversations. So my recommendation has always been sit down, have those conversations about what's the, expect, what's the expectation of the role and what's their expectation of each other and really just clear the air. It's better to have that, that conversation sooner rather than later. I think also one of the things to make sure of when they have those conversations is to make sure they're clear on some of the things they want to bring to the table. So in the new capacity of being the manager, what are some of the things that the individual they're talking to might not know about their role as a manager? I think it's, it's, uh, you know, being clear on some of the things you want to communicate. So always prepare for those conversations, I think. Yeah. And I think as you get into more of a strategic role, so I look at three levels of progression. There's operationals, there's tactics, and then there's strategic roles that you mm -hmm. get. And as you move through the pipeline of, of the leadership that you go up to the organization, there's different things that change at, at each level. And one of the things is the things that you used to do at the level that got you where you are 
may not get you to the next level into that same role. And so we talk about the, the Peter principle where you get promoted to your level of incompetence, where you get to a level where you, you don't adapt to the new environment because there's different challenges, there's different roles, there's different responsibilities. And so some of your old skills that got you into that exceptional category to either be promoted or move laterally mm. in the new role, they're not needed as much. So, for example, would be if you were a very strong salesperson and on a team and you were selling the highest or you were you were reaching the tallest targets and you were knocking it out of the park and now you get promoted to a manager, your role is not a salesperson anymore. It's to manage the team. So there's different skills and competencies that are needed. Mm-hmm. And what we typically find is that people try and still be that best person doing those things that they did before and not embrace the new skills. So there's a bit of analysis or there's a bit of planning around what are the things that I need to let go of that I'm really good at because it's not needed in the role that I'm in. And then what are the new things I need to embrace and practice because this is now what's expected of me going forward. Yes. I think it's also important that people are really clear on what is expected of them going forward. And um, because sometimes stepping up into a new role, you may not have seen the role profile. And so one of the things I think is is people that need to ask their superiors for a copy of that role profile so that they can then accurately score themselves. So if I'm clear on the the various six, seven, eight different uh, uh, key responsibilities that I have, and I can actually go through that process then and evaluate myself and really see, okay, so here are some of the areas that I'm actually, I don't have very much experience in. This is the focus area that I need to really step up. I need to put a bit more focus in this space. This stuff I'm really, really good at. Um, but these are the areas that actually I need a bit of support on. Is there anything that from a coaching point of view you've experienced with people who transitioned into, let's say, a more senior role? Mm. There's obviously different types of roles we can all transition into. But let's mm. say someone who's going into a more senior role where it's not their area of expertise, but people have seen that there is they have capability and they have performance. And mm-hmm. so they've put them into a role. Is there anything you've seen or you've worked with people in the past that is an easy win in regard to how do I get ahead of my my role's challenges in that regard? Well, the first thing I would always do is exactly as I've just said and say, get a copy of your role profile. Score yourself against each of those various areas out of six, because six doesn't allow you then to be, you can never go in the middle you know, you're always a little bit below average or a little bit above. And and then and then I think one of the things that I often say to people is, okay, so who are your key stakeholders? And if you stand in their shoes and, and if they're looking at you, what are some of the pieces of advice, of advice that they would be giving you? What are some of the focus areas that they think they would be uh, suggesting you focus on? And, and, and I think, so it's as much about, okay, so here's my new role. This is what I think I, I need to do, but that's it. That's what you think you need to do. What's important here is you step into the shoes of the people you're going to be impacting and, 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 and actually ask those questions. So what's the key focus here? What are some of the things that uh, um, you think um, I may need to focus on here or develop a little bit in order for me to be successful in this role? And if I'm, I, I'm tra- I've transitioned into this role, it could be on a permanent or a part-time basis until they find another person um, externally to go into that role. You may be looking then to go through the interview process to, 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 to secure that role. 
either which way that anything is happening, I think it's really important that you're clear on what great's going to look like in, say, for a year's time, and then work backwards. So go on. It sounds like the same applies for people who have, because of the change in the whole global economy, where it's not a promotion, it's actually a reorganization, Mm. where there is a role that maybe your current role is now obsolete, but there's a new role for you to play. It sounds the exact same principles apply. I think this is the same principles. Yeah, I think they do apply. I think we need to be clear on what it is. What is it the job we are supposed to be doing? How do we think we evaluate against those criteria? What are the key stakeholders think? Um, what do we think they might uh, be looking for our focus to be? And then actually asking them, what do they think the focus needs to be? And then I think if you're an IC or you're a new manager or a director, either which way, I think it's really useful to fast forward by a year and say, okay, so when I'm successful in this role and I've done it brilliantly, what's it going to look like? Because what you can then do is you can start putting um, different milestones in place that you can then start to build a plan out on. And so I think if it's a restructure, whether it's you're covering a maternity leave or whether you're covering somebody's sabbatical or whether you've been promoted internally, or if you're coming in fresh into a new organization, the same kind of applies. Be clear on what you're being asked to do and understand what other people, what it looks like from other people's perspective too. And if that doesn't sound challenging enough, I'm thinking with the current environment where we're, most of us are working remotely. Mm. Some people will have joined an organization or company where they haven't even set foot inside the building. So this sounds like a great plan if you're meeting people in the corridor and if you can bump into people and have very quick, what we call water cooler chats. Mm. I think the challenge now is how do I, how do I do that in a role where my only interaction is either on some sort of messaging app or through some sort of Zoom or web interface call. Any tips around how can I start getting my best foot forward on this plan about getting the roles and responsibility clarified? Well, I think the first thing is, as we've said, we need to think about what, what's our role within this organization. And then I think we need to think about, okay, so, so that's me and my role. And then I think it's me and my team. And then I look at it and I break these down this way because the more you have things in bite-sized chunks, the easier they are to address. So it's then it's me and my manager and then me and the wider organization. So there's going to be stakeholders in your wider organization that you don't yet know. But one of the things to do if you break it down in these types of pillars is to think of, okay, so who are the key people that I think I need to interact with? What types of conversations do I think I need to have with those individuals? And when you break each of those, say, four categories down and sit down with your then manager and say, okay, so I've looked at the, the stakeholder engagement and this is what I think might uh, it might look like. What's missing? Because again, the manager will have insights. And so once you're clear on who you need to talk to, then start to think about, okay, so how, if I plotted myself in the center of this stakeholder um, map, and then I take each of these names and I plot them, how close or far away they are from me, I then get a really good visual map as to who I actually don't know at all, because they're further away from me in this visual map, and those who I have close to me, what I can then do is to start building out a plan as to what types of conversations I need to have to have purposeful 
conversations. And I think then some of them may be emails, some of them may be uh, messaging, some of them may be a call or a coffee. It just depends on your situation. But I think when you have that visual, it makes it really clear, blimey, there's a load of people I need to talk to here. Yeah. Okay. So start building a plan around it. I love that idea. Um, My preference is visual. So I like pictures and and having you at the center with 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 spikes sticking out and people at the end of those they're really powerful um one thing i've noticed also is that when you're changing roles or you're in a new role there's a huge acceptance that we expect you to ask a lot of questions we expect you to go out and do a scoping out exercise Mm -hmm. and what i find interesting is that a lot of people when they get into new roles they want to try and have impact as, as much as possible and as quick as possible so they try and do what they used to do in their old role be it either outside their uh, the, the company or in another part of the organization and they try and keep doing what they did because that's where they got great success mm-hmm. but really there's a huge acceptance for you to ask a lot of these investigation questions this scoping out of the role what the success looked like who my stakeholders so I would encourage people who are in that position to go out and have these conversations about asking questions about what the success looked like, you know, understanding the different parts of the business. Because as time goes on, there is an expectation that you've done that exercise and now you should be starting to, uh, to get some traction about having the impact. Mm-hmm. And what I typically find is people try and do the reverse. They try and have impact first. And then later on, three, six months down the road, then they're asking, maybe I should find out who my stakeholders who really are because I've been I've put my head down and tried to do as much work. So reverse that and do the first part of your role. Just really go out there and ask questions. Mm-hmm. Get a real clear just sort of landscape as to who are the stakeholders, what's my role, what the success looks like. Have those those basic conversations, but people expect you to have those basic conversations mm-hmm. such that three, six months into the role, now you can start to really get some traction. It feels like it's the opposite way that we do things, but it tends not to work too well. So I would definitely encourage people, once you have that plan, have those open conversations at the start, like ring people up and say, look, I'm new to the role. I heard you're in this part of the business, really understand what are the things that you need to be successful at that I can help you with because I think my role supports you in that role. And then have those types of conversations so you build the landscape. I think it's it, it, people need to figure out what are their key transition challenges. And so when I know myself, I know what my tendencies are. So understand how you are when you're entering into uh, this new role, whatever new role that might be, and have a clear picture as to what the role's expectations are. And exactly as you were saying, Tom, ask a lot of questions. You can't, if you go in and you talk a lot, if you're somebody who talks a lot, you're not information gathering. This is an information gathering. Of course, they expect some kind of a plan to start formulating, but you can't formulate a plan if you don't know what the plan is going to about because you haven't asked the questions. It's important to really... um, Get to know your team, get to know your manager, get to know the landscape, get to know the brand, get to know the challenges. What are the trigger points? What works? What works well? What doesn't work? Um, understand, okay, so within the 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 um, the overall umbrella of the organization, why is this important? Where is it sitting? Um, what are some of the things that need to be focused on? Where are the key prerogative? And start to think about from a strategic standpoint, how am I going to add value? There's so many different things. I do do a lot of 90-day 
prep work with people. And I, and I do have a doc that I take people through, which looks at them as the individual and their role, responsibility, et cetera, et cetera, but also as the organization and, and where they fit within the organization. And, and I, and I try to enable people to focus on what is the end and what is greatness going to look like and how can you work backwards to put a plan in place and to have conversations with your manager to make sure you're not missing stuff so that you can build and iterate on that plan over the course of a three-month period. Because Any reason why it's 90 days? Um, It's actually 30, 60, 90 days. So there is a plan that you do at 30 days and there is an iteration that takes you to 60. And I guess the expectation is that at 90 days, you should be up and running. Uh, You should know your shit. You should have asked the right questions. Whoops, I'm sorry, I forgot. I'm not supposed to swear. Um, And um, (laughs) you should then be well on your way. And, you know, then when there's hiring and firing and there's key stuff to be done and, and, you know, you've really established yourself in that role. So I think the 90 days is, you know, three months is a, a, a really appropriate time frame by which you can gather information, you can formulate your plan, you can share your plan, and you can start to really have impact, I guess. No, I, you know what, as you say that now, it makes sense because it's 30 days sounds very short. Mm. 100 days, I think it's just, it's just a number, but we, it sounds like three months sounds like that the, the sweet spot of at that stage, you should be up and running. Yeah. And I think when you're in particular in a leadership role, the expectation is that we want you to lead as soon as possible. But if you try and lead without knowing what the expectation of the role is, that's where you tend to make those mistakes and into the pitfalls. I remember my career when I was a, um, a technical person, I was doing software support and I got promoted to being a manager mm-hmm. and I wanted to remain that technical expert that people went to for problems. Mm-hmm. And what I found was that I, I found it difficult to let go of those skills because that's what got me into the role in the first place. But I found I shied away from those difficult new skills I needed to learn, which is around how do I have those difficult conversations about people not performing well, or how do I give difficult feedback? How do I address certain sort of behavioral um, attributes people would have within a, um, a a group that I needed to address. And I only wish I had somebody tell me about, this is what you need to focus on. This is what you need to let go of, because that would have really accelerated my impact. And it took longer for me to have the impact that I was hoping to have than I did have because I just reverted back to type because we are creatures of habit. Mm-hmm. And I think there, there are things, there's a wonderful book out there called The Leadership Pipeline, and it talks about there's different stages you go through in different roles. And there's three things that constantly change as you change the roles. The first is the first thing is your, your focus of time. What you focus on at one level when you move to a different level or a different role, your, the focus is completely different. And so the time that you spend maybe on your own tasks to complete and be productive will change if you're managing people now, because now you've got to spend time with other people as well, not just yourself. And the focus on value has changed. So the value could be something like, I value my productivity on getting a result. Maybe I'm, if I'm a salesperson, I, I hit a sales target. My value now when it changes to a different role, particularly if I'm managing a team or a group of people, is I value them succeeding. So the focus of that changes. Um, and then I think also the skills change. So as an individual contributor where I was one of many on a team, coaching feedback 
having challenging conversations wasn't necessarily part of my remit, but as a people manager, that became a huge part of my focus. Whereas my technical skills has started to reduce because I needed to really focus on other things. So think about when you are transitioning roles and it could be a lateral move or it could be a, a more senior move. What are the things that you need to divert your attention to that you're not diverting your attention to, to make it, to have higher impact? What are the things you need to value now at this level or in this role? And what are the skills that are now needed at this level that were not needed? The other thing I find quite useful is to identify things that you need to let go of, Mm -hmm. things that you're good at, because they will hold you back at the new level. I always find people who struggle in new roles is because they're still doing some of the old things that they used to do. The problem is their team are expected to do those now, not them. Yeah, so I think putting, uh, understanding your challenges, your key transition challenges. So even if people were to to break down and have a, a simple go-to piece that they could then evaluate themselves, thinking about time. Where does their time need to be spent? Given they have this job spec, they know what they're supposed to be doing. Where does their time allocation need to be? From a value standpoint, what needs to change? And from a skills standpoint, what needs to change? And then thinking about themselves exactly as I'm only reiterating what you've just said, but grouping it together and saying, okay, and so what are some of the things I was brilliant at, but I'm not going to be doing anymore? So being really clear around what your transition challenges are and starting to build a plan out from there, super important. And the reason why we're talking about this in the first place is because there is so much change going on in the world. Like everybody's being impacted by the pandemic. And unless we adapt to the new environment, the new ways of working, the new technology, the new things that we're being asked to do, we're not going to be able to survive and function and flourish in this new way of working. Be it that it will change again in six months time when we all get our injections and we can go back. But I think having this muscle of adapting to new challenges and being able to look at ourselves and being able to have some structure around change can really help us not just manage ourselves during this um, this pandemic that we're in, but just in any challenge that we're in to be able to think about a plan, a structure, and having those little tools in your toolkit to be able to dip into and to be able to just give you that edge so that you can have bigger impact on the things that you spend your time on. Also, accepting that you're not going to be brilliant from day one and that there has to be a time for transition into your new role. Your magic will come out and you you need to give yourself a bit of space and a bit of time. Imposter syndrome, we've touched on this somewhere in one of our other um, podcasts. Everybody pretty much going into any new role, irrespective of what level they're at, suffers from imposter syndrome. We all think we're going to get caught or found out because it's stepping into that space of not knowing. Accept that you don't know and accept that you have brilliant skills that have brought you to this place and that now change is imperative and to embrace that change and and create a plan to enable you to embrace it more easily. Wonderfully said. And I think that's a nice way to wrap up this session. Um, It is around changing roles. We hope these tools really help give you that edge to be able to, to give you a different perspective, to put a plan together and be able to adapt and grow within these challenging roles. 
thank you so much for listening and we look forward to um, our next podcast thanks Emil. until next time bye